Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Hanging out with you guys from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Justin, let's get some more horns going. Of course, yeah. our Budos band, Greg Overston, the studio. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Gotta have the horns. Gotta have the horns. A little tribute to the Budos band, baby, out of Staten Island. Justin, hit the bones and trumpets, baby. Always a pleasure to hang out with you guys, uh, Ranch Nation. If you're new to the show, we're an automotive lifestyle show covering all the unique places, people, things, animals, everything in the automotive industry. And yes, I said animals. Animals. Some of you are getting ready for the holidays. You're acting like animals. <laughs> getting ready to get out of those service bays. Uh, Greg Ovis with uh, G's Up. Welcome back. How are you? Good. I'm doing all right. I'm glad the week is short. Getting ready for a long weekend. It is, a long, it is yeah. a long weekend for a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, and there's always been that debate, you know, some businesses, um, you know, where they should give a four day weekend, they're mm-hmm. back at it on a Friday. Yeah. That's not cool. No bueno. No good. I don't know if you could get away with that in today's economical laborist market. You can try. But it's <laughs> you can try. Work. But I think those of you that have grinded uh, throughout the year and you work for those companies that get it, I don't care if it's a basket weaving outfit, dry cleaning or a rock star automotive service center, dealership, what have you, it's important to find a balance uh, and spend it with your family. It's the little things. Yeah, you have to take the time. Although some of you are saying, well, Frank, I can pick my nose, but I can't pick my my in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever feel that way? You get together and you, you've got this Thanksgiving vibe going and you've got this cousin that you just haven't seen in a while and you don't really <laughs> like him. How do you deal with that, Greg? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's a situation where, imagine this. Imagine you're you're ready for this big Thanksgiving dinner, and then your spouse buys a motorcycle or a car and just kills the whole vibe of Thanksgiving. Can you imagine that? Oh, snap. Is this a true story, Greg? Oh, no. I'm not into motorcycles, but okay. I've heard some stories recently. Well, yeah, but this is. I think this is why we have the medicinal tonical beverages to kind of smooth us That's over. That's true. Might, and, need a, might need a lot of them. And some good football. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We talked about uh, workplace environment. A lot of you, um, I don't want to say it's a struggle. We talked about this whole phenomenon of, of quiet quitting. Right. I think that's just a fad. I think it's going to come and go. Like, if you're if if you're going to grind, and then let's say a lot of you are like, well, it's not my grind. I'm grinding for someone. The minute you enter the arena, and you're in a team environment, yep. game game is on, man. I don't think I don't think you should say to yourself, I'm only going to go three out of the nine hours or eight hours a right. day that you're working right. at, and that's that whole quiet quitting phenomenon. But I thought on this to- this this show topic we'd take a break, Greg, from all the highfalutin technology. Right. Uh, that by the way, we got artificial intelligence. I know under hood topic coming next week, but to give that. us a break in the Thanksgiving tradition, I figured we touch upon a topic that needs to be covered. Um, when we get high tech, when we have uh, this vertical integration of software and stacking technology mm-hmm. we expect the machines to do it for us and somehow some way that's our workflow yep how does the classic traits of courage class class is important and character fall onto this are we losing that in in the workplace are we so dialed into our digital screens of production 
Now, a lot of you technicians are saying, well, no, what are you talking about? I work on cars. I get that. But are we losing, I don't want to call it the ancient art of class, making decisions out of character? Oh, I, th- I think we are. I think that is becoming a problem. Yeah, I, I think so. And we can't look at specific generations, although mm-hmm. we're going to dive into that on this show. And I thought, you know, um, I attended Northwood University. It was an honor to go up there. There was an automotive leadership program. Uh, big shout out to Robert Roos and Pronto and so on. I had a little scholarship to go there. A lot of scholarship, actually. And I met quite a few talented instructors and professors. And one of the cats out there that was just amazing, like a smorgasbord of experience, was Dr. John Passante. <laughs> and Miss Dr. John, I call him doctor because he deserves it. He's got the title doctor. But more importantly, he's a humble cat, been doing this for 40 years. He's worked for Fortune 500, Fortune 100, uh, in senior levels of management. And he's going to be on the show today. Oh, awesome. I can't We're gonna, wait. Yeah. Can't wait. We're going to bring him on to, to figure out what's the balance. How do we achieve that? It's Artificial ba- intelligence and sort of future casting. Where do we fall in as uh, human beings? Okay. Tesla, Elon Musk, Optimus, the robot. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, like. Yeah. Where does the human touch come into play? Well, right. What's the ethics there? Like, right. how's that? Like, you go to work and you, you got to work with Optimus. <laughs> <laughs> Where? How do we, you know, how do we maintain character, courage, and class, the dignity in a workplace? So Dr. John Passante, he's going to join us, and we're going to cover that topic. Uh, Greg, I wanted to cover something because a lot of you, I'm going to ask you, Greg, because I didn't, honestly, I didn't know. This whole daytime savings Daylight savings? Right? Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? I have no idea. Well, I'm about to explain why. I didn't know this. I was pretty um, excited to hear that we're saving about 33 human lives, 2,000 injuries, and a ton of repair costs. What happens to that sun during the course of the year? It shaves off dark driving time as it relates to traffic. But that's the reason why. It would save 33 human lives. And then also, you got to feel for the deer, 37,000 car deer crashes with a simple act of daytime savings. Wow. That's interesting. I did not know that. I didn't. I thought, okay, <laughs> is this, I mean, I, I kind of had a feeling it had to be related to economy or something like, right. you know, um, but we're, I really didn't know. Saving the deers. <laughs> saving deers, saving <laughs> lives. According to this report, uh, Laura Pugh, an associate professor of wildlife science at university of Washington, said the numbers are surprisingly large regarding uh, 37,000 vehicle collisions. Wow. So that's why. So and where see, did you find that information at? This is officially want to look that up. autoblog.com. I trust them. <laughs> no hashtag fake news here. I trust my people at Autoblog. Gotcha. But yeah, that's what it's about. It's, it's So we're not extending, you know, the drive time. Um. Here's an interesting thing. Some 2.1 million deer vehicle collisions occur in the United States each year. Wow. Do you know what the cost is for that? In economic losses? $10 billion. Unbelievable. 
I would have never guessed that high. Out of that number, five, uh, 59,000 injuries. How many deaths? 440. Wow. Yeah. Washington is one of the 19 states where legislators have approved the permanent daylight saving time, but they need congressional action to act. Mm-hmm. So there's your daylight savings. Wow. And I know a lot of you say it's a pain in the butt. My Google calendar, it doesn't change. It does. <laughs> your car doesn't change. It should. Right. Because maybe you got a problem in settings. Not every car is going to automatically uh, recognize that. But yeah, 2.1 million deer vehicle collisions. Mm. Wow. 10 billion. It's crazy. I guess that's insurance related. It's going to have to be. For sure. I don't know. Roadway scuffing and asphalt work. I don't know. Ten billion. I don't know. That's a road good. cleanup. So if we did the math, fifty somebody got a calculator in studio. Let's do this. Ten billion in dollar cost. Uh two point one million of these collisions. Can we do the math? Ten point billion. Ten, uh, ten billion divided by divided by two point one million. Let's see what that averages out per. Ten billion divided by point, two point five, point. So that's half a million. Uh-huh. Five hundred thousand. Point five. What? So you better go to you better go to your local parts store and get those little whistlers that cost right? two dollars. Put them on the bumpers. No way. Half a million. How do the whistles really work? That I've been asked that. It's the a. It's yeah. Because you can't, How do you hear them? You're not supposed to. Well, then how you do probably you know, pass out if you. How do you know them. they work or don't? Well, just like the rodents in your house, they got those little <laughs> things that you can't. It's ultrasonic. Right. I had so many people ask me, so how the, do I know the whistles still work? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you got a classic car hoopty, that may be uh, right. My 68 Mustang's got the original <laughs> whistlers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good way. I, I don't know. My technicians, li- is there a voltage test that we can perform on those? Deer? I guess there's a deer technician you have to check in every once in a while. <laughs> I don't know. I just assume just work. replace them every two years. Right. You'd be safe. Somebody knows the answer to that. Yeah. Some Canadian who actually uses those. Well, I had a gentleman tell me, well, I haven't hit a deer yet, so they must still be working. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that the case when you don't use something? You're right. like, you know, it's still, it still works. But so half a million is quite a bit of money. That's a lot of money. What's shaking in the uh, classic car antiquity? Any news for us? Auctions are quiet uh, yeah, this time au- of year? Auctions are going to start kicking in first of the year. But, um, you know, I'm always dealing with the auctions and cars and classics and VIN numbers and coding and all that. And I... I was thinking, what what's different to talk about today? And I, I thought, you know, it's a long weekend. You know, it's a nice weather out here in Arizona. So I want to encourage people, if you have that classic car in your garage. Oh, yeah. Get it out. Get it out. Yeah. Clean the wheels. Even Almost. if it's not running or it's a project, dust it off. Show it some love. There's a lot of car shows going on. There's a lot of cars and coffees things going on in the mornings. So I just want to encourage people this weekend to enjoy the weather. And if you're a classic car owner, Show your car some love. Get it out in the sun. Get it outside. Clean it off. Get the boxes off of it. Dust it if you have to. Touch it. And uh, enjoy the weekend uh, tinkering with your car. Yeah, and you know, I think I think the big underlying to what you're saying there is too, don't worry about if it ain't perfect. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Who was I watching? Coverman 66. Coverman 66. Mm-hmm. I think he's done some work with Motor Trend. And he does some builds, and, and he's looking for a, mm-hmm. a Chevy truck. And in this... Uh, Deal was as long as it wasn't rusted, he'll he he'll work with something. Right. But he said he had some hate because he's got quite a few build projects that are not completed. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Nope. I'm building. They get That's done right. when I get done. That's right. A project gets done when it's done. If it's you force done. it, it yeah. never ends up done or completed the way you want it. Right. But, and I, I think that's okay. So yeah. for those of you that 
Maybe your bench seat has holes in it. Right. Who cares, man? Get out. Go on eBay and buy twenty dollars worth of parts that you. No, might man, need get and... your ten dollar uh, comforter. Yeah. Just put. That... <laughs> I'm saying, really, yeah. go out it. I mean, if it runs and it's safe, obviously, if it's safe, right. But Which, good point. But yeah, show it some love. Get the dust off of it. Clean I got the, something else. Clean, before, clean the white walls. That's you, always a key. Thing. I got to mention this before we go to break. Uh, Tesla, you guys are aware. Uh, FSD, full self-driving beta. You own a Tesla, you pay ten, twelve thousand. It's like an upgrade, right? It's like heated seats. Right. You get the software downloaded, and you're in the beta of full self-driving. That's happening now. Yep. How much do you think Tesla will make from this software upgrade? Billions. I, I was going to say it's definitely billions no matter what. Car companies want to make billions by charging subscription fees. Mm. So, like, we would go and buy traditionally, and here's all these line items, uh, the desert pinstripe yep. package. <laughs> you know, all these add-ons. Mm-hmm. And, and for the most part, they were hardware, right? Yep. Heated seats and so on. But now this whole software movement of upgrading via subscriptions. How do you feel listening about that? Yeah. Do you think that's kind of janky about, like, give it to me all. I want to buy it all. Or is that something you are preferred well, to menu style? Well, there's always people that like to buy the vehicles and look at the options. So if now those options are expanding to be software updates or programs, that's going to be something the consumer can make a decision on. Would you pay $5 each month to be able to lock and unlock your car from a distance through an app? Cost you $5. Some people will. Some people, yeah. But I think the premise is, why don't you just give that to me? I'll pay. I want to be done. Right? Like, I want to buy the car. I'm done. But that's the world we're moving it into, is. that software. Uh, $25 per month for advanced cruise control or $10 extra a month for access to heated seats. So in other words, you bought the car. Yeah, that, Now, that's a different feeling. Like, you bought the it. car knowing, hey, under my tuchus, there could be heated seats. But I didn't pay. Yeah, that's not cool. I don't think either. No. But that's where it's going. Yeah, that's that's not cool. If I it, think that's if it's a, an option that's in the vehicle and you're buying it, you should reap the benefits. Now, unlike Netflix, you ain't going to be able to use your girlfriend's login and password <laughs> and try to cheat it. It's not going to happen. But that's where it's going. It's, yep. it's all about like data worth gold and subscribing to the mm-hmm. things. Um, real quick before we go to break, I'm going to put my daughter on the spot. I've got Natalie in. Natalie, you're going to start driving in about four years. Would you subscribe to all these little features or would you rather just buy it outright? I think um, I think that you should buy the car with no like add-ons and kind of those accessories because if you want the car, you want it with the heated seats and with all those things and you shouldn't be charged monthly for things that really should be coming with the car. Bam, that's wisdom and knowledge from Gen Z. A standard package, right? Uh, Justin, get on. 25-year... What? What? How would you how would oh. you handle that? Well, here's the problem. We live in Arizona. You don't want heated seats for 12 months. But if I could just pay Ooh, for question. heated seats in December and November in two months, 20 bucks for two months. I don't know about that because here in Arizona, the deserts can get cold for about five seconds in the morning. <laughs> I hear what you... But I think your logic is, right? is there a part-time subscribe? Right. Well, there has month, to be. Month to month. But I'm telling you, that's that's the approach. Car makers are really trying to streamline all this and then these add-ons. Listen, the godfather mafia, Apple does it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't have an app without going through the gangsters yep, of Apple. Their updates. They're making, like, if you look at the P&L for Apple, 
what's deeper than just a P&L. All their line item statements, look at what they're making on subscription services. Right. Everyone's feeling sorry. Oh, that iPhone may not have sold well. <laughs> look at what they're making on services. Right. But now if you download too many apps for your car, does it slow down the performance of other components? Like too <laughs> we much could go data. on and on. It's like your so phone. Wait. Your phone gets overloaded with data. Oh, now you slows to say. down. Now the car might get too much data. Well, and slow down. Be reset. Who knows? Will that. your BMW drive less faster? <laughs> <laughs> and then would there be like you know the windows go down slower or something? <laughs> the volume doesn't go up on the radio. So at the car show, <laughs> car show of the future. Here we go. Checking out the ride. Look at that hoopty. Looking good. Got everything. And then everyone whips out their phone. Ah, what do you got for the apps in your car? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's where it's going. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. But it is what it is. See how that pans out. Yeah, we're (laughs) going to talk about uh, a very well-needed topic, I think, in in today's day and age. Character. It's a tongue twister. I just call it. Class, too. Help me with the title. Class, character. And courage. Courage. Where is this? Regarding technology, as technology is moving at breakneck speed and the digital realm of communication dictates most of our lives, are we losing this timeless trait or series of traits of character, courage, and class? We got Dr. John Passante, industry veteran, icon, author. He's going to join us next on Rich Nation. Of course you want your mileage back and all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost three to one over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. All my technicians and shop owners, get ready. 2023 AVI Conference is happening right in beautiful Marriott Sanibel Harbor Resort and Spa in Fort Myers, Florida. January 12th to the 15th, 2023 AVI Conference. AVI is an accredited ESC training provider. You know them well. Offering very progressive courses in the arena of hybrid and EV technology. You gotta know, because it could be in your service base. And in all reality, we're talking about diesel technology as well as engine performance. Register today. Book your event ticket. You can visit aviondemand.com. I will be in-house. I'll be teaching a course on marketing and small business strategies and tactics for the service space. aviondemand.com. Bolt-On Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technology software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text. Real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Support for Wrench Nation Car Talk, the smart choice for auto parts, Pronto National Association. Pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry. 
Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto part distributors. Visit pronto-net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community. Pronto-net.com. TV. Last week we had Vaughn Hot Rod. He took us yep. back in time with uh, all kinds of goodness of Rockabilly and uh, world-renowned Pinstriper. I want you yep. guys, if you caught bits and pieces of any of our shows, listen at your leisure with your favorite bottle of rum or orange juice or whatever it is. Or Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels, whatever you vibe. You can get on RanchNation.tv. Big shout out and thank you to KMET in California. And KFNX locally here in Arizona. We thank you so much for hanging with us every week. I want to mention California real quick. This is important. End of year. Car prices, little, little, little by little are starting to come down maybe. Define little. Well, by way of these incentives. Oh, okay. Mortgage payment for 20 years at 0%. I don't know what they're doing. But like they said, they said that the new the new American dream is owning a Dodge pickup. <laughs> but anyway, I want to remind all my familia out in California, the ASC Educational Foundation, we talked about the potential of you going out and buying a vehicle. Maybe you want to trade up or donate. Donate people to a good cause. Uh, the purpose of uh, the ASC Educational Foundation is to provide educational and training opportunities, scholarships, endowments in the field of automotive repair and maintenance. People, they're giving scholarships. They're raising money. They need your help, and the way you can do that is contact them. You can get on ASCEF.org. I'll have it in the show notes. In fact, we're going to put this up on the website. Take that car. Trade it in Mm -hmm. the right way. And tax deductible, all kinds of stuff. Here's a quote. Bruce Cameron Memorial Scholarship received by a recipient was able to go to school with that scholarship. Uh, And a big shout-out to ASCCA out in California. A bunch of great shop owners. There's 8,900, 1,100. A bunch of great shop owner gangsters out there raising (laughs) money for the community, and we love that. So, again, donate your car for a great cause. ASCEF.car. Excuse me, ASCEF.org. That's a tongue twister. (laughs) Say it again. I'm not going to. Uh, we'll have it in the show notes for sure. Dr. John Passante uh, has over 35 years of experience in human resources, sales, and marketing, and mainly in that organizational development side as well uh, as being an author of The Human Side, yeah. high-tech leadership in a high-tech world. We need the resounding voice of Dr. Passante. Let's bring him in. Dr. Passante, you there? Welcome. I am here. I am here. Well, welcome to the show out of Rhode Island. Big shout out to Rhode Island. That's where you're calling in from, yeah? yeah. Things are good in Rhode Island. We had 53 degrees today at sun, Frank. Well, <laughs> they, hey, you'll take you'll take every little step. I heard up north that you know they're having some issues uh, uh, up in Buffalo. They're having like Arizona. We we don't know what to do. Our, we get we're in the hospital if we see that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want I want to thank you and all your your viewers for this opportunity, and I want to convey a, uh, that all of that and our family have a very special, reflective Thanksgiving. And, uh, and Frank, you and I share a passion for people in the aftermarket, which it's a very special place to work and for, with very special people. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think that's resounding uh, through thick and thin. And it's not just 
you know, sometimes, Greg, we can see like, oh, that guy or gal owns the business. They're going to be like over the top. But no, man, we're talking about folks on a great team uh, that believe in the companies they work for. John, you've seen your fair share of automotive industry change. Take us back to the early years of your career, how you started. Give us a little uh, wet our whistle, if you you can, about some of the things that you've done uh, uh, early on that uh, kept you going. Wow, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it's it's it, Frank. It, it's 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 the networking. I believe it or not, I was working in an accounting firm and a brokerage firm, and I was assistant treasurer. And my first expe- experience in managing people, uh, I had all ladies working for me, and they're older than me, and I'm like twenty six or twenty seven. And boy, they teach me how to lead, and. I went to a, uh, a dinner party, and there was a president of a bank there, and I told him I'd like to make a change. Next thing I know, I get a call from Monroe Auto Equipment, and I go up and interview, and they hired me. And Monroe was ordered, owned by the McIntyre family. And when I started, Frank, most of the major corporations in the aftermarket were family-owned. So we had that, we had that feeling of belonging we had that that feeling of of, of uh, there were there was there was a ownership kind of a thing, and the chairman of the board, the president, all the officers were on a first name basis, and it was a really I mean it absolutely built a passion within me to to for this aftermarket, and it was when you know the aftermarket was growing. I mean, uh, you know there were the local garages were. Uh, we're servicing cars, and it was before the you know the, 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 the bottoms came into effect. And I, I was thrilled to, to spend a, a long time. And then the industry changed when the companies started to merge. The families, uh, either because they a lot of the family members didn't want to continue to in, the, in their company, and so they sold out to other companies, to the, the companies, and the companies merged. And when I started, I was helping to build plants. And nothing more exciting to to go to a state and identify a particular town or city and, and help, you know, recruit literally two or three hundred people this town. And you see the plant be, being built or a distribution center being built. And it really gives you, you know, a wonderful feeling that you provide jobs and benefits for families. And lo and behold, you run the clock forward. Foreign competition came to town. And John Pisanti was told, you got to start closing plants. Wow. So let's, uh, let's stop right there, if I may interject. Uh, so here you are. Uh, sort of the, I guess you can say a big transition from the industry like this. So we had post World War II, and then we had sort of uh, the highlights of 60s, 70s. Holy cow, weight, gas prices, and then here comes Honda. <laughs> right. right. And so you were told after feeling really good because listen, we're talking about the class, courage, and character. That must have pissed you off that you that you were frustrated. Here you built a bunch of these manufacturing plants. You've employed people, and now we've got foreign competition. How did you maintain style and class? I mean, what what did you do? How did you handle that? 
well, Frank, I'll, you know, you, you know me. Uh, I try to be professionally candid. It, 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 it was not easy because I would be walking around the house at three or four o'clock in the morning, and my wife would just come down and say, "John, what are you doing?" I said, "Honey, I can't sleep because I have to, I have to go in and to a certain. I won't name the state, but I have to go to fly to a certain state tomorrow, and I got to look people in the eye and tell them within, you know." Two or three months from now, you'll be unemployed. And so the only way that I was able to, to deal with that is, you know, I, I, I have, I, I, you know, use my faith. And then I, I, I think it's like anything else in life, it's how we treat people. And we were, we were, I fought like crazy. And usually the company went along with me. We were generous, generous with benefits. We were generous with uh, continuation of pay, and then I I conducted uh, workshops on because a lot of these folks never knew how to you know they had interviewed before before working for us. I I would put uh, would put on uh, workshops on Saturday and Sunday so that the families could come. We would have a lunch or a dinner, and I would tell the the family what we were doing. I would have their. Uh, I would help them put a resume together. I would send out letters of references and help them get other jobs. And so I guess I mean that's my answer to say, you know, I think class is is, is many. But there's many characteristics of, of of class. But I think it's it's how you and I and everybody else treat each other, not just when it's convenient, but how we treat each other when a rubber hits the road. When it's a stressful situation, and we really practice the fact that we're one human race, we're all after the same thing, and we need each other. So, Frank, I guess that's my. I'm getting emotional right now, but I'm an emotional Italian. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell I you agree. what, we we, you. we we so hear this, but unfortunately, like in in listening to this, and we can we can feel your energy there. Dr. Passante, it's not an easy thing. All of us. Greg, you've been in situations right. where you've had to let some of that team go. And like you said, it's it's when it's hard is when you have to have the class and the character, not when it's easy. I think that's I think that's and so now I'm thinking to myself, is this is exists today? Are people just robots and they you're you're done? Uh nothing for nothing. Right. We hear it in the news right now. And and I, I am not trying to get hate, but if I do, I welcome it. Elon Musk. He laid off a ton of people at Twitter. Mm-hmm. He bought the company. This is the yep. direction it's going to go in. Would would he take that stance? Would he say, hey, listen, part of this deal is I'm going to do my best to get you a gig in another software-related or IT-related? No, it was just at yeah. best a severance. And John, uh, Dr. Pasante, I think that's what you're talking about. Um, we don't see that as much today. It seems like people are just expendable well you know it and frank it, it's i i hope these people that are making those decisions have a conscience you know i mean i don't care if you're a billionaire or what you are if if, if you don't have a a compass that tells you right or wrong that as far as i'm concerned you're poor because you certainly don't have character, and 
I get emotional, Frank, because I'll tell you a quick story. I, we we uh, we got bought. Every every company I went to got bought. So I've been I've been on the I've been on the buy side where we used to buy companies and integrate it, which was fun and and opportunity. And then I was on the when companies got sold and, and how you're treated or not treated. And I had a gentleman I had hired like four or five years before. He unfortunately got eliminated when we got bought out. I had him in outplacement. I, uh, he was on a severance program for almost a year. And I'm in my office one day, and his wife calls and says, uh, Dr. John, I said, yes, it's about 7.30 in the morning. And Jerry committed suicide last night. And you and I both have daughters. It was two months before his daughter's wedding. I pray for that man every day, and I, I second-guess myself because... Could I have done more? I, again, I, he was in, he was in outplacement. He was interviewing. He had some jobs lined up. Did he have another issue that I don't know about? My point being is we never know how somebody's going to react to a layoff or a negative situation. And that's what character is all about. I mean, class is how we treat each other, right? I mean, class is, is having pride that we did the right thing. It's humility. It's it's doing the little things. And, you know, the true leaders in any business, in any life, at, at any any place in our industry, they, they're not afraid to admit they made a mistake. I've, I've had employee meetings where I said, I made this decision and I was wrong. And you should see the looks on people's faces. They say, John, we never had a boss tell me he did something wrong. Well, we're all human. You know, and I think we need more compassion in life. We need more compassion in the business. Um, so I hope, Frank, I've given, you, I've given you what you asked me to do, asked me to respond to, because I'm trying to give you a feel for what's going on here, right? I mean... Uh, it is uh, It is always in the gut of one's spirit. Yes, yes. And to have an individual on your watch... You know, when you when you exit somebody, for whatever reason, that individual that had worked for you, I don't care if it's a month or 10 years, that individual even exited is on your watch, and that is, that's a tragedy. I don't know what the current statistics are in regards to terminations. I know that when we go through a downturn in economies, corrections, recessions, and so on, we hear of these horrific upticks and suicide and such, but I think the class and character is, is let me configure a bridge out a respectful hand toss or baton move where I can help somebody and their family. And some of you are listening right now. You're like, listen, business is cold and calculating. I had to do what I had to do and the numbers dictate what I had to do. Amazon laying off 10,000 drivers. Greg Ovist. 10,000 is a lot of people. That's a bunch of people. Do we look at Jeff Bezos and say, well, he's, at best, he could be a hero and give severances, or else it's just a numbers game. I think I can speak. I can't speak for large business, Dr. Passante. I, I just am not, my mind isn't equipped, but for the small micro, small business... Heck yeah, there's a responsibility. 
to those families of individuals that that are laid off. Exactly right. And Frank, here's the other thing. You know, if the way you treat, I always tell. Here's here's my, my one of my many messages. What you stand for is how you treat people on the way in. When you hire them, it's how you treat them on the way out. And that's your reputation. And you you and your team out there, and I'm really delighted your daughter's out there because that's fantastic. Um, I've got four daughters and four granddaughters, so I'm, they're training me every day, and I'm, I'm learning. But it's your reputation also. So if the hard-nosed CEO or whatever they are say, well, I, I just did it for the numbers, well, guess what, pal? Those people you lay off are going to talk to your customers, and they're going to have relationships with your customers. And that's going to cost you business. Because if I'm with a company uh, and I build a relationship with a certain, you name it. i got to ask you a question. I'm going to interject real quick, Dr. Passante. Do you think social media currently is enhancing or decreasing our ability to make uh, true character decisions? Do you think social media puts a burden in how we're supposed to look or act or how a facade could be built around what folks thought you were, but behind the scenes you were making some horrific choices by the way of your culture, your people, and your business? You think it's easier for people to get away with fakery today than it was back then? I would say I would say yes. I would say yes, but still, people could use social media to, to hurt a company, also, right? And to hurt a person's reputation, also. So I mean, it may take them longer to peel that onion back, but I, I always say the truth will prevail, right? I mean, so absolutely, you know, you, you could you could. You can build a facade or social media, you know, and, and many people do that. But again, I, I believe that, uh, you know, the long run, the truth will come out and it'll come back to bite you. So, I mean, that's that's my response, Frank. I really do. I, I really think that'll happen. And, uh, you know, I've, I've you've seen people uh, I've seen people post some really negative things about their companies they work for. And, and, uh, well, I mean, there's venues now. I mean, there's uh, Greg. It's, I think it's called. Gla- is it is it glass ceiling or something? There. I mean, ex employees can post on a network about glass door. Glass yes. door is mm-hmm. it? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, look. The bottom line is whether it's technology or not, stuff's going to happen. The vibes will follow you regardless. And and for those of you to say, listen, I can't be responsible for every single situation in my business, including. Uh, those people that I've got to exit and, and it's just, it is what it is. I got to survive as a business owner for my family. And this is just what I got to do. I don't necessarily agree with that. And I don't think it's always monetary. I think it's like you said, Dr. Passante, you can figure out ways like what you said was powerful. I mean, even back in the day to take a Saturday and have these clinics on how to write a resume. Cause a lot of your folks, they, they were pretty much, they were young and they were given that, that that job and things were going really well. They they weren't in a position in their life to be like professional job seekers, mm-hmm. and I think that's powerful. Like, there's always a way that we can figure out how to make something right, and I think that's powerful. You know, Frank, and again, it, it's it's. 
you know, I, 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 my success in life is because people help me. I mean, I came from a, a lower class family, worked my way through college, and that came from Lee. So he taught me the work ethic and he taught me integrity, you know, and so. Again, if you if you I, I walked in those shoes before, so I think I was blessed to have that appreciation for the the so-called you know working person. And there again, human nature is human nature. I don't care if you're executive vice president. I don't care if you're the janitor. We have the same needs for appreciation for blogging and someone lived to us. You know, I mean, I get sad when I watch the news. I mean. There, Six mass murders in Virginia in the last two weeks. A manager goes in and kills six people in Walmart, right? Now, what the heck's that story? Yeah. Could somebody have maybe helped that man by listening? Did he, did he cry out for help and nobody paid attention to him? I don't know. But the, we're, 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 we get so think, busy, I think. Greg Overston Studio. Yeah. We get so busy, like, and... And I've seen this on a micro scale because some of you say, well, my business is only five, six, seven people that Doesn't we know we smell and know everybody. Yeah. But do you really? Yeah. If, you, if you're not alert to the signs, you might not know. Or not initiating because we get busy, mm-hmm. not initiating like a formal sit down. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Right. An right. honest, honest question. Do you think we're losing that art? Do you think our sit downs as corporate culture is all about? KPI health indicators and how come we're struggling with sales this month? Do we forget about people, Doctor Pasante? Well, Frank, I'll answer that a couple ways. I think God bless the millennials, and I've managed the millennials, work with millennials, and if you don't give them feedback, they'll get in your face, not in a negative way. And and you know what I I was you know I. I ran Brent Productions for a while. We put, you know, we we produced two guys' garage at Truck U, and I had a nice young lady working for me, probably I don't know, twenty five, twenty six. And I used to say, "Sir, could you please do this to me? This report get back to me by Wednesday." So Wednesday would come and go, nothing. So I talked to her, and she said, "Oh yeah, I didn't get to it yet." What I learned is we would set the time limit together. And she taught me, Sarah, I want this analysis. What do you think we, 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 you could get it to me? And so what I also liked about her, if I said something, she said, I disagree with that. See, my generation, Frank, I, 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 I always honored uh, my elders. I never challenged my teachers, or, you know, et cetera. This current generation will challenge you. And I think it's incumbent to, uh, for all of us to not let the ego get in the way. And I was I was serious when I say I learned from my grandchildren, my, my my daughters, because I do. And they have wisdom I don't have, even though I'm a lot older than them. When I'm with them, I listen. They give me a different perspective. And I come away and say, hmm, I'm going to look at that different from now on. So it's... I think what gets in our way in life is in life is our ego. Sometimes we think we're better than. I think we're quick to judge. This next generation, all they do is they live and sleep with their cell phones. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But again, think about 
if I have if I have a technology problem, I ask one of my grandkids, and frankly, in the middle of, in a matter of minutes, they have it fixed. And True. so they're teaching me. It's incredible though, what you said regarding generations, because we've we've both, and of course, Greg in studio, and many of you listening, you've been in that scenario where. We're almost led to believe that we're so different. When it, when, when in reality, it's just like we just got to accept forms of communication that still get the job done. Like right. we can't, like you mentioned the boomer crowd. Oh, you right. can't talk to me that way. Go to your room <laughs> or you're fired. Like, right. And we do have this. It's happening. Like we, we hear of these conflicts in communication and... When it's really just, maybe we need to listen. We need to listen a little. And I love the way you said that. It wasn't, I need it by Wednesday. It's like, hey, let's put this together as a collective timeline. Agreed. And it still meets our mutual goal. Yeah, and 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 I think, and I think this 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 younger generation, I think they view the world um, a lot more forgiving than perhaps my generation. You know, and I think they're more accepting of other people. I hope they stay that way. Um, you know, I think the good Lord made us all different, not because it made life exciting, because how boring would it be if we're all the same, right? This but is it, truth, yeah. You know, so I, you could have different views without getting into a, beer, a fight over it, right? I mean, somebody has different – I have friends of mine that are they're, – they're on a – on one side of the political issues, and I'm on the other. We talk about it, and I don't get upset. They don't get upset. We respect each other. We have difference of opinion, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I think there, we've lost some of that, uh, and I think we have to be more. We, what technology has done to us, Frank, is we, we're more impatient because we can get information in a minute, a second, right? You want something? You Google it. Bam! You got it. Well, guess what? Human human beings don't respond that necessarily that fast. And uh, another quick example, Frank. You talked about you know Northwood University. When I do my seminars up there, I always ask the group, and you know my style. I always I'm very positive. The people work with you, work for you, understand your your expectations of them. And all the heads in the back, like a dog in the back of the car, go up and down, yes. So I take a $50 bill that I put on the table. I say, okay. As you know, Frank, they have name tags in front of everybody. So I say, Joe, you're at so-and-so company in Detroit. I'm going to come to Detroit. I'm going to look at your organization, Charlie. I'm going to pick out three people. And I'm going to meet with them one-on-one and say, what does so-and-so, what does Joe expect of you? And they're gonna, I'll write them down. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to say to you, Joe, you write down what this person, you, what you expected this person to. If they match, I'll give you the 50 bucks. Zero, no, zero people take that bet. How could I, if I'm working in an automobile repair shop, if, if I'm a technician, how can I please the owner of that business if I'm not clear on their expectations? Sounds basic, Frank, like brushing your teeth. But it's really the basis of trust. When you hire people, have clear expectations. And by the way, be personal enough, be leadership enough to 
to say to them, what do you expect of me? And then turn your listening on and listen to them. There's no amount, there's no amount of technology that can replace that, man. Never. I think I think the core the core of who we are as human beings, I think at the end of the day, we're all different, absolutely. And we all have our problems and our and our situations in, in life, and never is it perfect, but there's a lot of anxiety created when you just are not aligned with expectations. Mm-hmm. Like you show up every day and it's like half your days I'm not sure what I'm doing right now. Is is should I be doing this now? And absolutely, that uh, that leadership needs to own that, period. I mean, I, I really believe that. You know, I went through an episode as a younger shop or operator. I was in my mid-20s, and this was mid-90s, and I loved on people, and I didn't really observe KPIs, and I always owed people money, and I missed the first five years of my daughter's life because I was working 18 hours a day with a lot of cars in front of my shop. And I quickly realized, like, you can't be skateboarding a business like mm-hmm. wheels fall off, man. You you just can't. And somewhere along the line, it starts with stop lying to yourself and actually owning the process. And and, and that's what you're talking, Dr. Prasante. It is critical. And this helps us guide us into allowing our people to make the right courageous decisions. Agreed. Class act situations. So if you own a business and you're listening now and you're upset because you didn't dry clean enough coats this morning, you need to look at yourself and how weak your process. It's not about machines. You, you have got a million dollar machine, but you got half dollar bill people because you failed on them. It's not your people that failed you. Right. What'd you do today to rise up your people? And Dr. Passante, you're speaking knee-deep into that, we need to own that. Yep. Yeah, and, and, you know, for, you're exactly right, my friend. And it's it's by example, you know, and, I, and as I say, I've been blessed to work with some wonderful, wonderful people that, I mean, Larry McCurdy, who's president CEO at Moog Automotive, I worked with him for about 11 years, and we became very, very close friends. I mean, that man, he would never do ask anybody to do anything that he didn't do himself. And we would we would take annual interview uh, inter, uh, uh, inventory, excuse me. And how many CEO he would go out in a plant in his blue jeans and sweatshirt and help take. And he and I go, I'd go with him. We would help take the inventory. It blew people it blew their socks off, right? Yeah. And uh, they make sure we didn't fall off the ladder and hurt ourselves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful story. I mean, that that I mean, I I dig that. I just hope we don't lose like, you know, as a as a people, as a culture, as just sort of this human vibe that we we lose. Like, sure, we can replace stuff with technology and and all right, we we just eliminated 10 of these people. A lot of it's entry level. A lot of it's let's go like the fast food industry, like their input costs are increasing. Labor costs are increasing. And so. Do we need somebody to take our order? Like, you know, we, we're seeing some of this transition, but what are we going to do for a generation of kids that want to work at these entry levels and, and, and cut their teeth and something? It's not going to mean they're going to have a career. Most kids don't have a career, although it could be a good career at McDonald's if they hang in. I know a lot of cats that had gigs with McDonald's. Check them out 15 years later. Yeah. Uh, multi, multi six figures a year, and, and they're running stores and stuff. So, what is your thought? I want to do this. We have a few minutes left and remaining. I just want to 
jump ahead in future and want to kind of get into your mindset. I, I bring up Elon Musk. He's such an innovator. Some hate him. Some love him. It doesn't matter what people think. He has proven a lot of people wrong. To create an auto manufacturing company is one of the hardest things in the world to do. To launch SpaceX-type stuff is incredibly difficult. He has got, at the recent AI Day, Artificial Intelligence Day, they launched officially the Optimus robot, (laughs) the humanoid robot. Where are we going? I mean, Dr. Pisani, I show up to work. I have you and I and eight of these humanoid robots. <laughs> Is that going to just bury the ethics of anything that has to do with character or class? Because guess what? I can bail as a human being because the robot's trained to do everything right. right and I can not worry about character worry or class. About it, right? What do you think? I mean, where are we headed? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you just a broad spectrum on that answer, Frank. This is one of my favorite quotes. You could you could use that. It's what, what, uh, and I've been saying this for many, many years. In the final analysis, people are the answer. Now, I've had heart issues and I've had heart procedures where the physicians are in the room, in the glass room, and I'm on the table. And they're they're doing they they, they they do some procedure on my heart, and they they, they literally use a robot. I mean they're 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 manipulating the robot, but the robot is putting the the, the, the replacing something in my heart, right? And I'm okay with that, right? But there's human beings still involved. In my lifetime, Frank, and I think in yours, and you're very good at this. Relationships still count. Mm-hmm. If you go to Apex, if you go to SEMA, and there's all kinds of meetings between the different levels of distribution in our industry. It's people meeting people. It's people dining together. It's people having a few cocktails. It's people talking about their strategic plans. It's talking about 2023. I don't envision robots taking that place. Now, Robots and plants, we've seen that, where inventory is and putting parts away is easier and shipping is easier. But there's still a human being involved. And real quickly, our industry needs to do a better job of telling the young people who we are. I know you work at schools. I talk to, I go to high schools. I would encourage anybody listening to this, go to your local, local high school. Talk to the counselors there. Volunteer to come in and talk to the class. They're always looking for speakers. And tell them who the aftermarket is. The automobile today is a bloody computer. It's tech. And young kids have a passion for tech. We've got to paint that picture. The automobile is not going away. Will the future be different? You bet your bippy it'll be different. But we can help create the future. You know, it's man versus the machine, right? And you, you, you've been had history like I have. I mean, when automation came in, everybody had concern about that. But guess what? We use it to our advantage. I think it's the same thing with robots. And so I think it's, 
it's going to require we have we have to have adaptability, and that's part of leadership. And, and, and Frank, as you as your daughter gets older, you know she'll she'll adopt to those ages, and you'll help her. I mean, and again, I think that's what when you stop learning, then psychologically you start to die. And so I would encourage everyone learn every day. Look look at what the future is going to bring us, and use it to our competitive advantage to make our industry stronger. Powerful words, powerful words, Dr. Prasanne. The final analysis will always be the people. I love that. I wrote that down. You write that down listening. I mean, you've got your favorite quotes and share that with your team. Keep yourself humble because it is about the character, courage, and class that you bring to the table. Dr. John Passante, always an honor. Uh, We had you on the show, I want to say, two, three years ago. And yeah. we're gonna we're yeah. gonna make this a regular session. Uh, you you always bring us some amazing vibes, and you know what? A resounding home base for the people want the people, man. Because boy, we can get high tech and get all digitized, and it's always good to hear a breath of business fresh air. I want you listening to remember. I want to make sure we don't forget this. Doctor Pasante has a book out, The Human Side, High Touch Leadership. In a high-tech world, we'll have that in show notes. Dr. John Passante, an honor to know you, my friend, and the industry thanks you for your courage, class, and style. I always loved your style, doctor. (laughs) Thanks, Frank. God bless you, man. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's what it's about. I mean, you know, a lot of you probably probably said, well, you know, it's uh, I already do that, but you're going to be tested. And it's yep. when you're tested, like, how do you handle that? So, great show. Yep. Mr. Ovist, happy Thanksgiving. Same to you and the family. And if you're listening, don't complicate it. If the turkey didn't come out perfect, you got hot dogs in the fridge. There's <laughs> always a backup. Enjoy your turkey day. Enjoy all the small things in life because that's what it's about. And as I tell you, well, I can't forget my daughter, Miss Natalie. Thank you, Natalie. You're starting to be a little regular in the studio. Say goodbye to the peoples. Hi. <laughs> and, of course, uh, our rock star, Justin, rocking the board. We always appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving, Justin. As I tell you, maniacs, every week, be safe. Hug each other. And never forget, to have a weekend. <laughs>